The Caps stumble out of the playoff gate, and we hope the Wizards can stay upright against the Raptors starting this weekend. Thanks for checking out the DMV Sports Roundtable. Our special guest is Peter Hassett from Russian Machine Never Breaks. He's on Twitter, at Peter Hassett, and thanks for joining us, Peter. I wish we had better news uh, after Game 1, but it's good to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, last night was brutal. What would you say about that? I mean, is it the, the defenseman? Is it the fact that Jay Beagle wasn't there? I think everything worked out great until that third period, and then all those little mistakes just started adding up. The, the Capitals are just not as strong as the Blue Jackets during even strength play and, and eventually bit them. Uh, you know, a couple bad penalties, a couple bad turnovers. That's all the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, with guys like Panarin, you give them an opportunity, they'll take it. And that's exactly what happened. One of the things that we saw last night was really just sort of the breakdown, as you mentioned, of that goal by Panarin at the end of the game. Uh, would you blame that on Grubauer? Was that more of a defensive thing and, and sort of just a whole issue as you know the back end of this team defenseman goaltending is that going to be our main concern here games two three and four certainly that's the core issue the the caps defense has been the 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 heart of their problems all season long as for that goal last night well grubauer didn't have a wonderful night although he didn't have an easy job of it i think he saved 85 percent which is well below what the caps need for him to do to to advance but yeah you I mean, tom wilson had a turnover right before that goal happened dimitri orlov's coverage was asked a lot to you know to it was below par i think everyone contributed to it and it'd be it'd be unfair for us to hang into the hands of uh of Grubauer alone. They really got to tighten up that defense and uh, they really got to rethink their entire defensive scheme, especially when matching up against Panarin, because what they did last night with Backstrom and Birakovsky and Oshie and then the uh, Orlov Niskanen pair just wasn't up to snuff. Peter, I might be reading between the lines here, but you seem to be coming into this thinking that Columbus is pretty damn good and maybe the Caps didn't think they were that good. Yeah, I mean, there's 16 teams left and they're all pretty darn good. Uh, I think the Caps slept a little bit on on Columbus. I would urge them not to do so. I think that they know that Columbus is a very good team, especially when it's you know five players aside. I think the Caps have a definite edge on the power play. And we saw that last night, especially with Kuznetsov just blowing up for two goals inside 30 seconds and change. But uh, when it's when the the strengths, even if the caps are not disciplined and they're 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 going on the PK or they're not getting the power plays, Columbus will wear them down unless you've got really good shooting luck and really good goaltending. And they didn't get either last night. And I was just about to say the same thing to your point about uh, them being evenly matched when they're, you know, they need to take advantage of those those power play uh, opportunities. And and they got to score on that. Uh, You know, as far as I know, I don't know a whole lot about Columbus but they seem to be a more physical team. And I think that in that scenario, we've got to be able to use our speed against them. The same thing that that kills us against uh, the Penguins over and over again, you know, more speedy teams. If we're not the big physical team, if if they're, you know, we're outmatched in terms of of, of being more physical with them, they've got to use some sort of speed and, and really, you know, take advantage of those things. I think you nailed it, Jamal. Like with um, like Jacob Vrana is, is a great skater, and we saw him play put, put maybe the best play of the game up when he made that beautiful pass, you know, dancing around two defensemen, then getting the puck to Devonte Smith Pelly for that what was uh, the could have been the game winning goal didn't end up being so. Uh, he only played seven minutes in that first game. Hmm. Uh, he's one of the better skaters on the team. I would like to see a lot more out of him. I think if they can't get Michael Kempney back, the, the Caps and Barry Trotz would do well to bring in Christian Juice, which I think is the way they're leaning. Christian Juice is a, is a pretty good skater and could add some more speed to them. Uh, I, I don't think the physical game will will work out in, in the Caps' favor, especially if 
you've got guys like Tom Wilson who are landing those hits who with his reputation, whether he deserves it or not, he's going to get called for it more often than, than he should. And, and that will not end up being a net positive for the team. Given the 0-1 start, and, and of course, it's very ominous given this team's uh, past history in the postseason, should we be doom and gloom or, or is there should there be optimism that they can make it out of this round and possibly, you know, begin to make a run? They're probably going to have to run into the Penguins again. But is it over, not over for this series, but are they going to find themselves really working out of a serious hole that they might not be able to get out of? Uh, doom and gloom. If, if, if listen, it's the Washington Capitals and it's the playoffs. If mm. you're if you don't have a little bit of doom and gloom, you may not be doing it right at all. <laughs> right. Uh, th- yes, they are down one to Columbus Blue too, but they can they can win if they win game two at home. They split the series. They had a Columbus. You split them there. And it's the best of three series. Like it, it's it's not the end of the world. This is definitely a winnable series, but it's also a coin toss. Or, or and at this point with with Columbus ahead one, it's it's less than a coin toss. Uh, I have optimism. I think that the Caps are, are far better than they were than they played last night. But they've got to make some better decisions, and they've got to get a little better goaltending and better luck on the offense as well. How frustrating is it that they're losing the face-off battle again? I thought that maybe they had put that behind them. Yeah, it was it was it was a blowout for a while, and I think the Caps really closed the gap a little bit late. I think in the end it was only about like fifty-five, forty-five split. But it 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 doesn't bother me so much because you know when you bring in Jay Beagle and he's good for winning. You know, 58% of the faceoffs, he's, he's a whiz. But Barry Trotz leans on him so much that whenever there's a defensive zone shift, while Jay Beagle's excellent at getting that faceoff win, he's not necessarily the best at getting the puck back if he loses that faceoff. And he's not necessarily the best at starting a clean breakout and transition into the attack. So, in a way, I would rather them, ironically, lose some more faceoffs and then have better play after that, that faceoff, whether it's a win or a loss. I don't think that that's going to be the determining factor and I think based on how perversely Beagle's been used you know he's been used so much defensively to a point that it's it's really hurting the team I think in an ironic way having Beagle out sadly due to injury and it looks like he's unlikely to return for game two is somehow helping the team which I, I think is unfortunate because I think it understates how good Jay Beagle is as a player mm. and and what his role can be but because that role has been so weird this season uh, with respect to his playoff with his faceoffs. Uh, I, I don't think it's such a terrible thing that he's out and the Caps are losing the faceoff game. How about Trotz demanding that the defensemen put those guys on their butts so the goaltender can see where the puck is? I mean, that was another mm-hmm. major thing that you touched on a little earlier. Oh, how in, in that uh, that one goal? Um, I think it was Wenberg, uh, or per- perhaps it was Vanek. It was Vanek when um, when the Caps were on the penalty kill. I think it was when Tom Wilson got that charging penalty. Uh, Brooks Orpik was in the crease with Vanek, and Vanek just, who's who's uh, a couple stone lighter than Orpik, uh, just shoved Orpik away from the crease, which is what's supposed to be, you know, Brooks Orpik's main role. You know, he's the guy that's supposed to be too physical, too strong, impossible to move inside the crease, make sure that that the uh, the opponent doesn't get those shot attempts from right up close. But that's that's exactly what happened, and Vanek got that, didn't just get an attempt, he got a, a layup goal. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Caps and their uh, lowest playoff ticket sales, or at least the pricing of tickets in the last 10 years. Do you think that's just a product of fans in this town being kind of sick of these kind of losses like last night and they don't want to experience that anymore? 
It's so hard to say. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a grand market approach to it that I'm probably not sophisticated enough <laughs> to put into a pithy quote. But I think one thing's for sure is that the the on-ice product of the Washington Capitals, even though they got 105 standings points and they had you know, a ton of wins and they won their division, it isn't as good as it has been in years past. And the, the team is just – they look like they're not as coordinated and uh, – they don't have the same flair that they had, even in as, as early as last season. So there, there is some, you know, something off. And even you know, as as Leonsis and the the Monumental Sports Entertainment Group adds cool features to the the experience at the arena, and you know, get, getting in and having cool treats and video things at the at the game, uh, the the team is ultimately the attraction, and the team hasn't been quite where it needs to be. And it doesn't surprise me that you know, passions are a little lower than they have been in the past. So Jamal uh, slightly opened the doom and gloom door. I'm going to kick it all the way down. Uh, does Barry Trotz have to go if they lose this series? Well, if Barry Trotz is on the last year of his contract, and I, I, I think that's established, uh, I don't think that the Capitals have any incentive to sign him again, regardless of the outcome. I mean, obviously, if Barry Trotz wins the Stanley Cup, they're going to they're going to make an offer. <laughs> but they've got they've got Todd Reardon waiting in the wings. I think I can't remember exactly what the title they gave Todd Reardon. It's not he's not an assistant coach. He's like an associate coach or something like that. Some sort of like slightly higher title than than an assistant. And he's sort of waiting in the wings uh, for his opportunity. It seems like he's the heir apparent to Trotz and barring a uh, breakthrough performance, uh, for this series, the next series, and probably the conference finals, if they can make it, it seems like uh, Todd Reardon will be the next coach of the Washington Capitals, and Barry Trotz will be looking for a job elsewhere, which, by the way, he can totally get. He could take over in Dallas. Uh, they just let go of uh, – well, Hitchcock just retired there, and if Elaine Vigneault does not go down there, I could totally see Barry Trotz being a good coach for the Dallas Stars. Hmm. Yeah, that's one of those uh, kind of like the Tampa Bay Lightning and New Jersey Devils where they had those coaches sort of young and up-and-comers with Himes and Cooper um, where they're really having a lot of success with their teams. And speaking of those two teams, Tampa Bay Lightning, Pittsburgh Penguins, did anything you see last night indicate to you that the Caps can hang with the two best teams in the Eastern Conference if, in fact, we're not talking doom and gloom and we actually do get out of this little 1-0 hole and end up winning this series? Are you concerned, big time, watching those two teams and how great they looked in their game? game ones I as as good as Pittsburgh looked with that 7-0 win over Philadelphia my big takeaway was how terrible Philadelphia was mm. and I nothing uh, yes the Capitals aren't as good as they have been in the past but the Caps can beat the Penguins if the Penguins of last year could beat the Caps who were a better team the, the Caps of this season can beat the Penguins of this season it, it's just can you get the opportunity to get there maybe and once <laughs> you're there can you get the puck to get to the back of the net and this this team has surprised me in the past. They can do it again. Uh, yeah, I am still doom and gloom, but when you get down to it, I can't deny that I'm a fan, and I, I do believe that this team could go farther. Speaking of fans, uh, we had our reporter Mike Marillo outside uh, Capital One Arena, and it was interesting for the first time, you know, the the man on the street stuff that he did. Uh, you had, you know, these you know guys that sounded like suburban dads saying, well, we came here tonight, but this is exactly what we expected to happen. I mean, now it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Yeah, um, our brains have been slightly broken by this hockey team. Mm -hmm. It's absurd. I mean, ever since the what Easter epic, that was 87 or 88 when they lost in, let's say it was quintuple overtime to the New York Islanders. I don't remember how far into the game it was, but the the Capitals have a penchant for uh, what uh, what Tony Kornheiser would call choking. And 
last night, if there ever was an example of it, it certainly was an example of the Capitals choking the playoffs. It is the team's accrued personality, even as the, the players change and the coaches change and the general manager changes and the uniform changes. They're still the team that can't put it together in the playoffs, as, as horrible as that is to say. At, at a, at, in a way, I think it's a point of pride. It's it's something that like coheres the, the, the fans to one another. It's what helps make us a community. You know, we're 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 miserable once you get to April. I don't get it, but I love it. <laughs> well, but that's interesting that you actually enjoy it. <laughs> I have to enjoy something. I have to take joy out of it somehow, right? Huh. I just had one more real quick question. Five percent chance that Braden Holtby is the starter. Would you go under or over that in game two? I would go over, but not much more. I, I don't think that Groovy deserves the hook, although I totally understand that the leash is and should be short, just given how how good Holtby and Grubauer are as a two-player battalion. That wasn't a great performance from Phil Grubauer, but I don't think he was the primary reason why they lost. And I also don't believe that there's any reason to think that uh, he couldn't get a, a shutout next game or, or get a 95% save percentage instead of an 85. Um, that said, uh, Trotz is sometimes mercurial in his goalie decisions, and and that's why I'm choosing the over. But I think I think sticking with Groovy is the right move. He's been one of the best goaltenders in the entire NHL over the last two seasons, even in a backup role. He's earned this spot. Let's see what he does with it in game two. Our sports director, George Wallace, has been sitting here quietly listening to this whole conversation. And finally, he turned on his mic. <laughs> He's ready to jump in. No, I, I just want to I want to talk about the Trotz thing real quick because it just drives me crazy because this guy, this team could have very easily tuned him out, right? I mean, you hear all the reports that some of these guys don't get along with Barry Trotz. They'd rather be with Reardon rather than have the head coach. But don't you agree with what he did with this year's team after what they lost last year? He deserves some sort of credit and if that and if they do move in a different direction okay if this team flames out you get swept by the jackets i'm fine with that but what i guess with this team like what else is another coach going to do i guess is my and i don't know hockey like a lot of you guys like i don't know the ins and outs of it but i just am curious all this talk about a coach and but what barry's been able to do with this team are you going to get from another coach I think I think you're you're right on target i mean the team definitely outperformed their expectations they they outperformed my personal expectations they won their division they had 105 standings points and after losing a whole lot of talent last season both through the expansion draft and expiring contracts and having to make an unfortunate trade for uh to get rid of marcus johansson you know the the team should have been far off what they were this season and the fact that they overperformed i think yeah barry trotz deserves a lot of the credit for it i think alex ovechkin individually deserves even more he was uh, astonishing and but i i think that if you were to break down which which players are underperforming and how and how this is an easy target by like lineup decisions and line combinations, it's sometimes like a little bit of unfair nitpicking to to examine those and give Barry Trotz our time for it because it's just it's it's so present and easy for for scrutiny. Um, I, I think that there's some evidence that there are some systemic systemic problems, some systemic depression in the way the team is controlling play during even strength that seems to to come out of Barry Trotz's decisions, even and even in things like uh, zone deployments or how the team uh, you know, uh, attacks when they win an offensive zone faceoff, or more importantly, how they forecheck when they lose an offensive zone faceoff. It seems like the team is a little bit more timid, more prone to turtling late in games, and that symptom is what we saw in full effect manifested in in a in a tragic overtime loss uh, mm. to, in game one to Columbus, and I think that. Maybe one of the, the the signatures of Barry Trotz's 
or at least the latter half of Barry Trotz's administration. So, I'm, yeah, I, I think it's a mixed bag, and I certainly don't think it'd be fair to pin things on Trotz solely. I think Brian McClellan did a did a lot to contribute to the team having sort of less talent available this season, although some of that was out of his control as well. But I think Barry Trotz has taken the team as far as he can, and I, it's, it seems apparent to me that he can't take him any farther. We've kept you over the time we promised, but I did want to quickly ask who you think will raise the Stanley Cup a little later this year. Oh, uh, give me the Winnipeg Jets. Right. I love them. Line A. I love, I love looking at the guys' faces when you said that. Everybody, I will, maybe a little I, I unexpected. Can, I, don't I know. can see it. They're they're like the Nashville Predators kind of of last year. They're just emerging, getting better as the season goes along. Fast team and uh, really good in all facets of the game. But we can agree yeah, that the pregame. We can agree the pregame for the playoffs, the pregame ceremony in Vegas was the coolest thing ever, right? Yeah, that was Absolutely. awesome. <laughs> that was, it was really tight. Yeah. Peter, thank you very much. Good to talk to you, and we hope you'll come back on sometime soon. Uh, certainly at least a, a few more days here to chew over. What yeah, the let's keep it going. All right. Thank well, you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks, That's, man. Right. Thanks, Peter. P- thanks, Peter Hassett, Russian Machine Never Breaks. He's on Twitter, at Peter Hassett, Russian Machine Never Breaks. Get all your uh, hockey news. What do you guys think of the Wizards and their prospects for facing Toronto? They said they wanted to take them on. That's a lie, right? Why wouldn't well, you want to take you know a, on a softer team than... What have they done all year? They play down to the competition. Well, guess what? There's no more competition to play down to because you are the down part of the competition. You're the very last seed. So in, in silver lining, they got no choice but to play up. That's what they've been doing all year. They play up to the better teams. Maybe it's a good thing that they are at the bottom so they can't play down to Orlando or Phoenix or Dallas or on down the line of any of these teams that they have lost to where they shouldn't have. And all these teams that they have beaten are now ahead of them. Cool. That's fine by me. And we all know how Toronto is. Toronto looks great in the regular season. They tend to fall apart in the postseason. And Wall and Beal have been a part of teams that have beaten Toronto when they were a very high seed. They swept them before. They're not necessarily scared of them. thing is this to me. The backcourts, they'll do what they do. Lowry, DeRozan against Wall and Beal, that'll be what it is. They'll battle it out. Starters are not my thing. Their biggest strength is one of our big, or our biggest weakness is the bench. Yeah, and they lead, their bench leads league. Their bench yeah. can shoot the three. And our their bench, bench your defends. bench just got a little bit uh, weaker today. I don't know what our bench did because I don't know how much Meeks was even going to factor into it. He's just a shooter. I mean, you know. And, not just, and say people, they don't know what we're talking about. Jody Meeks suspended 25 games. Yeah, uh, It's PED. It's got to be because what it was on Twitter is something I can't pronounce. Yeah, they they, they, oh. they, they, they. This is no drug I've ever seen. I know. I don't so know. It's, it's yeah. got to be. I think it's PEDs or maybe it's something he's done before. It's a failed drug test one yeah. way or the other. Um, and the Ty Lawson signing they makes bring more in sense t- now. It does, but you still have four backup point guards. Yeah. So I don't. And then I don't know how much, at least game one, how much Ty is going to factor in? I if doubt, he, play, he, is, I doubt right. he plays at all. And, and Scott Brooks even said that today after practice. He's like, I don't know how much I'm going to use him at all. But. Well, I mean, the, the the guy, this guy has flown from China to L.A., L.A. to D.C. I think got here today. Yeah. Now has to leave here to go to Toronto, Canada. So he, what kind of shapes he in? He's been playing in, in, yeah, in China. He's, he's in shape. Game. Yeah. yeah, he's he's been killing in China. Seven, he's seven in shape. Yeah. He had those weight issues a couple years ago, right? With the with the yeah. Knicks. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He's he's he seems to be. Yeah, probably that. That'll put some, the booze puts a weight on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, he, he's been putting up numbers, you know, but a lot of people go over to China and put up huge numbers. Yeah. But he's been playing, so I'm assuming, you know, he's he's in game shape. I don't know how much 
he'll factor in. But at the same time, I don't know how much Tim Frazier and Ramon Sessions will factor in either. So in bringing him in, would one of them had been, you know, uh, taken out of the lineup? Because, you know, you pay your lineup down when you get to the playoffs. The rotation is very tight. But it's still curious to have four backup point guards. Unless you're going to have Sato play off the ball. Which he might. Which he should. Yeah. Sato is 6'7", can shoot the three, can take the ball to the hole, very athletic, has bounce because if you are slipping in the paint, he'll put your ass on the poster real quick. And I don't think a lot of people in the league know that about Sato. So if they come into the lane loafing, he will get up and, and put it down on you real quick. So play him off the ball. Play him anywhere he has a disadvantage. You get a player like that, a six seven that can handle the ball, mm-hmm. and you have another ball handle on the floor. If you put him at the two, if you got to put him at the three in certain lineups, do it. I think you know what's crazy. I've been thinking about this more and more. I think they're gonna win the series. I got. I just. I do. They, Is I, everybody uh, saying Wizards in six? Maybe. I just I think that they know the Rap- homer in me will say Wizards and Six. They can. I think they it's can. possible. Yeah. But, Raptors and Six is also possible. But this is what Raptors and Four is very possible. <laughs> that is. But you know, I'm just saying who, it's you what don't know you what get team's going to show up. You don't know what Wizards team's going to show up. All you the know talk what? about. I think the the better team, the scene when you see them play well, that's the team you'll see. That's why Demetri mentioned so. earlier that they want them because they know yeah. that they play better when they play the top teams. Which I'm so sick of hearing that, but you're right. It's, 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 it's it, ridiculous. It, the proof is in the pudding. Though. I know. It's I know. stupid. It shouldn't happen. Right. But the evidence is right there in front of us. It happens time and time again throughout the season. All these sub-500 teams that they have lost to ended the season losing to a terrible team. Yeah. They it's, beat Charlotte when you uh, were calling the play-by-play. How was that? Was that their last win? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they were, what, like 7 for 21 day last? I mean, yeah. they ended the, the no, season. No, they, they had snapped their four-game losing streak Yeah, the but, day. They, but all together, they yeah. ended the, the season on a Two terrible, and, yeah. Yeah. you know, they they were in a terrible losing streak. That, was, that game was great because you saw one. John back, and it took them a little ha- a half to get used to each other. And then when they started that second half, Wall was finding Beal from three. I think it was like three or four straight possessions. And then Beal afterwards had him on the post-game uh, interview. And he says, man, he goes, now I, he says, I love having my brother back. He goes, I can literally just sit there, be ready to catch and shoot now. And it's, you know, you know what? He's, okay, he can do that now that Wall's back. This would irk me about him against Orlando. Because I'm looking well, they at. they had no interest in that game. I'm, it <laughs> doesn't make awful. a difference. I'm looking at, but he's done this. At other yeah. times throughout the season, where John was not. By the way, he has no. You court. can't. He can't. You can't be tired now. I no, can't, you can't be tired. I know all the talk about Beal's tired. Like you can't. It's, it's too late for all. LeBron's that. played eighty-two games. Yeah, eighty-two at, 30, at his whatever, age, yeah. and, and all the wear and tear that's been on his body. Beal's not even close to any of that mileage. Dimitri played seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at him on the court sometimes with, and I see who the other team has out there. I look at our lineup. And he's deferring. Mm-hmm. You're an, you're the only yeah. all star on the court, right? Can nobody out there mess with you? And you're deferring to somebody else. Take over the damn game. I know that's not the thing to do anymore, but I'm thinking as I'm watching it, and I go back to my childhood. <laughs> Would Jordan do that if he was the only all star? Would Reggie Miller, Iverson, right. you know, on down the line, those guys who are perennial all stars? Do they defer and take their foot off the gas? No. They mm-hmm. take over and dominate because they're the only all-star on the court. 
I'm not going to defer to anybody else when I'm playing. I'm looking across and I'm seeing a guy that should be in the G League across from me defending me, and I'm all star. Whether it's one all star, whatever, he's an all star. Mm-hmm. And that team in Orlando should have been playing in the G League finals mm-hmm. and not in the NBA. Because I didn't know anybody that was on that damn court. Not a one. But if we see John Wall and Jet John Wall that played in Boston, mm-hmm. I think that's what you're going to see. Yeah, and, from and that's here what I'm, cu- I'm curious to see because if they do play like that, and Scott Brooks said today, he said, when we're healthy and we play like we know, we can be compete with anybody. And that's true. And if Otto acts like he's getting paid $100 million and realizes mm-hmm. that you have to play a certain way to earn that money, and if Yama Hemi actually realizes you're getting paid $68 million to come off the bench, <laughs> do think, something. At some point, John and Bradley Beal are going to have to take this, like, you're, they're going to have to play like. They're the all-star backcourt. They're they. going to have to. You have to. At some point in your career, now John's career, you've put, you got yourself in that eighth, eighth seed. Okay, you weren't there 27 games, fine. But now you're healthy, you're 100%, you've rested, you only played four games when you came back. Right. Now it's time to do it. They're going to have to do it. I think John has that mindset. Bill should always have that mindset. Yeah. But the problem is that will get them but so far in this series because when DeRozan and Lowry and Valanciunas and those guys go to the bench, mm-hmm. they're coming with a stronger yeah. unit. Yeah. And it's going to have to be Ubre and Sadoransky. Mike, Mike Scott, Scott is in the he's still, but he's still in the concussion still protocol. Concussion, yeah. So you and don't Otto's know. Auto's still not one hundred percent. Auto's not one hundred percent. Scott, who you need him to be the hot streak Mike Scott mm-hmm. that we saw earlier in the season at certain times during the season right. to really catch fire. He's coming off. He did not travel back from Orlando with the team. He's still in the protocol. So I don't know what his status is for. Tomorrow, probably he might not even he play. Said, yeah, the and then you don't have me. So you you don't have shooters outside of Ubre. Shooters are gone, and then you're looking at Fraser and uh, and Sessions. They're not shooting nothing. And you hope that okay, you lose. Let's if you drop, you got to win one of these two. So you, you hope gotta, that yes, split Sunday, Tuesday. So you hope maybe if Mike or Saturday, uh, Tuesday. Yeah, Saturday, Tuesday. So if, my, if then he's Friday, not, if he's not ready tomorrow, then then you Tuesday, have three days. Yeah, hopefully yeah. he he should be back then. Right. Should be, but we've talked about it here before. The that they got to win on the road. Con- yeah, concussions are tricky. They can win on the road. Yeah, they are tricky. They can, but they've got autos. Got to be a factor. I don't know what you know. His he's iffy. You know, he's questionable. And then so tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. It might be a little ugly if those two, if Otto doesn't play or he's not 100% and Mike Scott is not playing at all with no Meeks, you don't have any shooters off the bench. When that second unit for Toronto comes in, and this is a group that, quite frankly, I pride myself on knowing players. I I could probably name one player comes off the bench for them and Mm -hmm. the rest, a bunch of, you know, People that if you're not familiar with Toronto, you don't know who the hell they are. They get the job, but they get it done Mm -hmm. in 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 all facets of the game. They move the ball, they defend, they rebound, they shoot the three, they can score. There is no drop off. Right when Toronto scores, I know go out of the game. That's the That's the most scariest part because our guys drop off a cliff. See, the thing is, they can take out every single starter. 
and still maintain a lead. They led the or, league in scoring, even, right? The bench? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can even maintain the lead that the, the starters have set. Or if they're down, they can take out every single starter, bring in their bench players, and get the lead back. Yeah. We can't do that. I know. We've got to leave starters in. So well, we, we, if we lot, start resting, guys, minutes, yeah. you see the second unit a lot with Beal out there with them. Uh, Markeith is out there with them. Porter's out There's at least one starter for the most part. You're just going to have to hope John's really fresh. If if the Boston game is, is any indication mm-hmm. of where he's at. That's the game they won. That's the other game that's, they won. That's yeah. the game they yeah. won. They, they lost the next night to yeah. Orlando, which would have got them out of the ace spot. They'd have been seven. They'd have been in Boston. And they'd have been because I, Miami would have been six Milwaukee. After that win, I would have felt so much better about I know, that. I know because I but mean, I'm still not sold on Toronto. I'm not. I mean, well, they, I can't they be sold on Toronto they until they win a series. Right? Is, is that because of their youth that you guys? No, are? it's because of their past. I think it's just their past. They haven't it's done their past. I mean, and you know, they may be a young team, but Toronto was not new to the playoffs at all. No. They've been in the playoffs for the last several years. But when the bright lights come on, they haven't performed They yet. fall apart. Yeah. They have been a high seed in the East going into the playoffs before. Yeah. And we've beaten them. Other teams have beaten them. They have a hard time. The same thing what we talked about. was that, 15? When did the Wizards beat them? 15? I think so. Yeah. 15, 16. Yeah. They're probably 15. But it the was same 4-2. Th- it 4-2? Really, we should have known this before we come on the air. <laughs> we really should. I mean, we well, really luckily, should. we all have devices that will t- give I us the answer. I thought we swept them at, at, at one point in time. I believe we swept them when uh, Nene was here, whenever that was. I don't know if that was a Paul Pierce year. I know we beat uh, them then. Well, I keep, think we beat them twice. Keep talking. I'll find it. Oh, well, <laughs> now I've got to feel time. But no, I, I think we've beaten them twice. But the same way we talk about being frustrated with. Uh, postseason success of the Nats and, and, and of, of the Cavs, Toronto fans feel similar when it comes to them or or maybe the Cincinnati Bengals where you're there huh. year in and year out, but right. you can't get past a certain point or you can't win a series or you can't win a playoff game um, in terms of the Bengals. So, yeah, it's not their youth. They're a young team, but this team, the, the core that they've had has been – they have playoff experience. Well, so it's not that. You – uh Open the door for what I was going to ask, which is, you know, our, our earlier guest about the Caps, he said the team has broken our brains a little bit. Uh, if the Wizards don't perform this postseason, are they quickly moving into that category, or will we give them a few more postseasons to get it together? I think they're not quite at the level, because they, they don't do it as consistently as the Caps and the Nats have over the last couple of years. They've gotten there, but you you work with them a little bit more because of Wall and Beal, you know, trying to build that and build pieces around it. The problem is Grunfeld has gummed up the works with some questionable contracts. So there's not a lot that you can do with, with outside of what you have right now. Because, you know, unless somehow they're able to get rid of Gortat, get him off the books, do something uh Try to move Mahimi. They're pretty. They're pretty set where they are because they're very constricted by the contracts that that Ernie has put into place. By so the way, you're right. 2014, 15 or 15, they swept them. Yeah. Then lost to the Hawks in six. That's right. when John went down. That's when he got he hurt his wrist. Yeah. So I mean, they've had success against this team before. So for the starters, I don't think it's it's not a big thing to them for Gore Titan in in for. Uh, 
Otto and and John and Bill. I don't think Markeith Markeith wasn't here yet. Mm-mm. So for the core guys, they've had success against them before. It's not as daunting to them. It's about as as uh, Shaq would say, the others. Mm-hmm. It's about the others. It's not necessarily about the starters. It's about the other guys and how they show up. Because this this is the biggest test. I mean, I'm just I'm surprised. This is one of the things I'm not talking about. The starters. That's not the big thing for me. This bench. And then Which we knew at, was a problem at the beginning of the year anyway, when it wasn't yeah, really. But I, I'm talking about how good oh, Toronto's, Toronto's yeah, bench is. Yeah. You know, Toronto's bench is like you would expect the Spurs to have a bench like that. You know, Cleveland or you know, some of these other teams mm-hmm. that have that strong bench. I didn't see it come from Toronto because I didn't know who half of these guys were. Right. But they've come together as a, a bit of a no name unit. And they've gotten it done. And watching our bench on a nightly basis is uh, you might need therapy <laughs> at, at, at the end of the year. Watch, just watching this bench, not even watching the whole team. You'll know quickly. And just watch. Starts. I mean, high blood pressure, all sorts of things. Watching this bench because it is hard to watch. Keep something. Sometimes. Keep a cup of something in case you need it. It is hard Damn to watch. Man. You're going to need it. Yeah. Damn a cup, you might need a whole damn cup. <laughs> because, I mean, look, outside, if Ubre is not on, and he was slumping for a couple games, he played well against Orlando. He seemed to get out of that streak mm-hmm. in the last two games of the season. So hopefully he carries that confidence in because he can be the X factor off the bench. Sure. But it's the other guys. Meeks, uh, Meeks won't be there. Scott was probably going to play a, pop, a prominent role. Mm-hmm. And Mahimi, if he just... Just rebound. Just something. If you happen to score a bucket or two, that's just Great. icing on the cake. Block a couple shots, get some rebounds. You need a good series from Keith, Mark Keefe, too. He's, he's, uh, if he's engaged, and, and you hate to say that right. you know, about a professional athlete, and it, it seems like these days we say that more often than I not. I know. If he's engaged, if he's focused – from the outside looking in, you think they should be every game. But an 82-game season, hey, look, we all come to work some days and we're not here. You know, we sometimes you're here, but you're not here. You just, you, you're not feeling it, and you might, you know, go through the motions. Mail it in. Mail it in. Phone it in, mail it in, whatever. But, it, no, we're not on TV. Nobody sees us every day. But when you notice that with players, of course, you know they're on a they're on a, a, a microscope, and you can oh, sure. see that from time to time. But I, I eighty two games, it's a grind. Back to back, some here, you know, you playing different games, four or five games, four games and five nights and things like that. Yeah, I you might not be able to be in it every game. I I don't know if I would be. I can't speak to that. But he has got to be laser focused. When you get focused, Marquise. You get the best out of him. But if he's disengaged, then don't even bother. So we're saying uh, Wizards in six, but not with huge confidence. Tentatively right now, before game, before I see a game, I'll lean to the homer side of me and go Wizards in six. I go with that. I go six. No, we could we could talk next week, and we could be after two games, and I could you know, so change my calibre. It's completely. so ridiculous how spread out it is, too. It's so it is. awful. But you know yeah. what? The NBA does that, right? It's yeah. stringing you along. Yeah, I mean, series will take two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, for me, it's okay. It's somebody that rises early during the week, and I looked at the schedule, and and I feel like an old man saying this, but the times are reasonable. 
<laughs> you can watch Saturday's game. You can watch it's, next it's Friday's five, five game. 5.30. 5.30 Saturday. 7 o'clock Tuesday. And then next Friday. The 8 o'clock is on Friday. I can do that. You can do that. You know, it's very reasonable. All right. You know, I, I'm glad I don't like a team on the West Coast because, you know. As a night at night owl, that'll be my breakfast game. That yeah. five, what is it, five something start? Five thirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they start getting into. I barely made it through half of the second uh, period last night with the Cats. Oh right. And then what's why does hockey have to have two damn half times? Well, they're not two intermissions. They're intermissions. Inter- whatever. <laughs> I mean, I know I know what you're saying. You they feel like half times, and yeah. that's it. Why do you have to have a break they after everything? Got, got two. I got Look, we had a guy last week trying to change the timing on basketball games. <laughs> you want to change hockey now? I want to change hockey. Because I, I, I'm sitting there, it's 10 minutes left in the second quarter. I was like, okay, getting a little sleepy here. But okay, I'm going to stay up. Got closer to the end of the second period. I was like, all right, I might give it the rest. I was like, damn, they got a whole they got a whole another intermission after this before the third. Nope, can't make it. I gotta go. <laughs> and and they, they take a pretty long break uh, when do. there's overtime. Yeah. But you know, more pay, time to kind of gotta pay the bills, bite, I guess. Bite the nails, you know. You gotta pay the bills. In our final minutes, uh, as you guys know, Des Bryant is no longer a Dallas Cowboy. He says, what did he say on his way out of the locker room? I'm gonna play I'll you guys. You, I'll see you guys twice a year. Twice a year. So did that could now? mean giants, skins, or eagles. I could see out of out of that those I, I don't see where he fits here, but you know totally. Would you want him in our locker room? Totally. I know uh, we say our locker room like like we're in charge, but you know what I mean. The skins last, locker room. a good point. Last time at this time of year, a big a big name came available. Josh Norman. Yeah, a lot of people on Twitter, you know, brought that up. I don't see it, but I like I, I don't said. I've I said I never put anything past this front office. No, I don't Nothing. put anything past past Bruce because uh, Des will be motivated. Yeah. And it also depends on his price tag, if he's yeah. willing to take a one-year prove-it deal or something like that. The two teams, I didn't know he said that. I well, saw his report, he said that. Okay. The two teams that pop out to me. Well, let me let me get to this NFC's thing first. Okay, I don't see he fits here because you, you just got Paul Riddison, you got Doxon, you got uh, Crowder in the slot, and you not even pencil in. You, you write in Reed and Crayon and hope that he plays. <laughs> But I don't see where he fits. So true. Like you said, I put nothing past uh, Bruce Allen and, and those guys upstairs at all. Philly, Philly would take them. This is what Philly just stocks piles people. I mean, look at their front seven. Mm-hmm. You know, so they just you got Nada, you got and they uh, need a receiver, Bennett. right? Is Jeffrey gone? No, Jeffrey didn't go anywhere. I didn't think so either. Someone no, asked no, no, me no, that. No, 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 no. He didn't. Um, which we call it. Who? Why am I blanking on his name? Tory Smith. Tory Smith. Tory Smith. Not no. Jeffrey. Yeah. Not Jeffrey. I mean, he, for all intents and purposes, he he could go over there. Now, now you get. To, I heard somebody also mentions earlier to me the Giants. Are you really going to have He's him and, him and Odell on the same no. team? Yeah, I don't think he goes to the Giants because and there's so. I mean, who, Eli. I mean, you you don't know what you got there. Well, you think he go there? I, I I think they go. Quarterback at number two, personally. You want Des, Des? Will he go play with a rookie? Will he go play with Odell? It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. How are you going to have those two? Who's going to control? Not, they're not, you know. Uh-uh. Who and and he backed off of trading him now. Yeah. So you know he showed up first day of 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 team workouts and made nice, I guess. Who's policing that locker room with those two lunatics? Right. 
and both would you want to be Eli so, or the quarterback? There'll be a press with conference. Both of them in your week. ear. <laughs> both of them want the ball. I know they won't go to Giants. No, I, I think if you're Dez, you want to come here to Washington. Oh yeah, I think so too. Probably, probably. I mean, it seems you like you got Alex Smith now. You got a quarterback. You got your boy Josh Norman. Who you it, now? You're doing the, commercials they, with? Yeah, exactly. They're making commercials together. So I, it seems like they've buried the hatchet or, or whatever beef they have now is just you know it's purely. You know, it's just for show. Selfishly, I don't want it just because I have to deal with, you know, being out there. But as a a newsman slash sportsman, sports reporter, you want the drama. I'm not a huge fan of this. A lot of people that I know that still think he's elite. I think he hasn't been elite for a few years now. Well, that's the thing. Now, all of a sudden, everybody, he he, he hasn't performed. Everybody's trashing him. Now, all of a sudden, he's on the streets and everybody's going to line up to get him. Well, Well, that's what happens, though. A lot, of people, a lot of people were down on Indomitian Sue. Yeah. Oh, he's not going to. He just wants to be. That is but kind of when a you-know-what you move, though, for Dallas. When a he month into free agency to cut him when you knew you were going to cut him. Well, the thing is this now. Calvin Ridley to Dallas in round one, I'm locking that in right now. Yeah. Please go Ridley because if they get DJ Moore from Maryland, I'm going to be pissed. Because I don't want to have to have somebody I, I want to root for play for the damn Cowboys. Right. That's going to piss me off if they bypass Ridley or if they don't get Ridley and they take. Because if you don't get Ridley, you got to take DJ Moore, and you got to think now without Dez, your number. Allen Hearns is not a number one wide receiver. Right. He's a nice wide receiver when healthy. Number one, he's not, no. or has, has proven not to be Agreed. thus far. Agreed. Terrence Williams has had his opportunity to step up and be the number two guy to Dez, or at times when Dez was injured, be the number one guy. He fades in and out. Cole Beasley and Ryan Switzer are the same damn person to me. They're both short, quick white guys. They do the same thing. Dallas, They're the same guy. I'll tell you what. I don't, Dallas is now, they, they get a lot, of, a lot of holes. They they First round has to be a wide receiver. Then yeah. you address everything else after that. What you're doing now you're handcuffing Dak even more because mm-hmm. he was exposed last year without yeah. the running game. Now you're putting not even more pressure. You're putting more pressure on Zeke because if he, if he doesn't, Jason Carey's boy not going. That's his puppet. Jerry's boy. That's his puppet. I know. Jason Garrett don't coach that team. Jerry Jones coaches that team. He's yeah. a puppet. I love the fact it was Jerry Jones who met with Des. <laughs> yeah, that's the way that goes. And didn't even offer him a pay cut. I don't know. I think he could have done it. They were supposed to offer him a pay cut, but, but the, I, yeah, I think Todd they went Archer out the window ESPN real said, quick. No, I, I just think you could have done it differently as your face, as your franchise guy. You definitely could have done it differently. Should I mean, have done it differently. There are a lot of teams that, you know, the Redskins you know, do things oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying that. I know. When it comes to, you know, but that it's it's a Jerry Jones thing to do. But when Press I saw. conference in Ashburn Monday. Two Monday. teams that pop out to me. Ozzie Smith, Ozzie Newsom, rather, Ozzie Smith, thinking baseball. Ozzie Newsom oh, should be I'm on the, the Ravens, phone right, right yeah. now. I agree. Matter of fact, when they were Robert in the Griffin meeting. the third to Des Bryant. <laughs> Woo, boy. Oh, I still think they, they drive the quarterback, too. Could be Lamar Jackson. Did you see, by the way, off the tangent, or top tangent, not tangent. Yeah, you can say tangent. Okay. That works. Getting Griffin, off on a tangent. Griffin's deal, $100,000 bonus. That's it. And then $1 million one year. So he's got to make the team. And all of, all of yeah. his promise was a chance to what? compete. What else would you give him? That's just I mean that's realistic would you and that's give him reasonable. Anything else? Yeah, that's very realistic. Oh, I wouldn't. I know. I'm just saying. You know, yeah, give him a, a bag of lays and a ham sandwich. <laughs> but in the second team that jumps out, this seems to be picking up Des Bryant would be such a Patriots 
Belichick thing oh, to do. Man, you're right. Doesn't that take you back yeah. to getting Randy Moss, Randy Moss when he was Chad Johnson? The Chad Johnson played. Yeah, in, in but New Chad England? Chad got exposed because uh, apparently Chad didn't know how to read yeah. uh, playbooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those years in. Uh, Cincinnati, Marvin was allowing him to freestyle. That's right. Doing which that, yeah. apparently used to piss off Palmer, which it, it should. You got Hushman's out and everybody else running routes. As a quarterback, you want to throw to Hushman's a spot. Out, there's a name. You want to throw to a spot. Was it TJ Hujamama? That's right. That's right. <laughs> the, the commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you want to be able to throw to a spot. I could see New England. That's interesting. Yeah, that takes me back to yeah. Randy Moss. Randy Moss He'll came out of suitors. Oakland. I don't know how much money he's going to get. I don't money wise. Like I said, a one year, a one year deal would not surprise me at this point. I mean, he does have something. You to prove. know what? Because he's been year, down if last couple years. It's a one year affordable deal. I wouldn't have a problem with it here then. I, I would Monday, get over it. Monday in Ashburn, you'll Monday have to go. I, I would get I over. I will it. have to go. Yes. I mean, they still have twenty nine mil. Yeah. You know, you need what five between three and five for draft picks, and yeah, that's it. That's it. They, got they still a, got some minor. They spend. got a little bit of the Jay Gruden, spend. Jay Gruden needs to win. Yes. Yeah. Did anybody chafe at the fact that uh, Alex Smith had to Google HTTR? He kept hearing people say it, and then I he's like, that. "What are they saying?" I saw that. Um, I guess it shouldn't surprise us. The I'm man's been in Kansas they're, City, and there and look there, and I, I don't and know I the told, chance for other teams. No, and I, I, I don't totally some. get these players that say, "I, I know the terrible Eagles song." Yeah, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. that. I don't even know that. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing it. Uh, oh, the Fly Eagle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I totally get these guys are in a bubble. Yeah, they are. I mean, you hear the stories about Joe Gibbs. In the eighties, and he didn't know what was going on. Right. The famous story about Ollie North was coming to talk to his team, and he asked to ask somebody. Who goes, that? "Who is he?" And that was the biggest political scandal <laughs> right. of that right. decade. So I believe that these players are in their bubble. They're in that. Are- they're in that facility and then all you day. Realize, He's not going to know HTTR. No, he had to realize that, that Alex now, Smith as has a head been, coach, not knowing maroon or knowing maroon and black. Well, that's that different. I had a problem with. That, that's different because you, you need to know that Alex Smith has been on the West Coast mm-hmm. and he's been in the Midwest his entire career. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And he, you know, so he hasn't been on the East Coast to even be familiar with hearing hail to the or anything, no. and probably isn't hasn't watched any Redskins games. I, I mean, maybe some tape. He knows it now. Well, yeah, he knows it now. I mean, guys pick that up. Of course, they pick it up when they get on Twitter and and people fans start, yeah, uh, you welcoming know, welcoming in. them and and other players start and all of it ends with hashtag HTTR. Mm-hmm. And I think most of them just like. I'll just write it back. I don't know what the hell that means, but HTTR. And everybody's like, yay. And they might not know what it means until somebody tells them. But I don't, you know, him not knowing it, I don't. I have no problem. And with during that. football season, Twitter will put the little skins logo when you That's type right. HTTR. I was so the, the 16th is the first day of off-season conditioning workouts. Really? So that's Monday. Okay, so, so that's why I said Monday. I'm Des Bryant press conference, and, and then they get the, they hit the weight room. <laughs> Remember, George said it first. You guys got any final? I thoughts? don't know how I would feel about that. I, I, I would either. I would get over it. If it was a one year deal, I'd get over it. I just don't see where. And if this were six years ago, it'd already be done. But yeah, I don't see where he fits in. <laughs> and then he likes quarterbacks. Like Romo has spoiled him to the point he likes to be force fed the football. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith doesn't force feed the football anywhere. If you're not open, you're not getting the ball. And that's not because he's not comfortable with you. Alex Smith doesn't care who you are. It's weird. I would have said if Cousins were here, I would say 
Absolutely not. No. But now I don't. I don't. Seems to make sense. I don't say it's out of the realm. I think that players outside of the NFC East and outside of of here, you saw people in Denver clamoring for him and in mm-hmm. Minnesota and all these other places that are not close to here clamoring for Kirk Cousins. I don't think any team inside the NFC East or a player, a potential free agent, would necessarily, you know, sign just because of Kirk Cousins here. No, no chance. You know, Eric Ebron said he signed with the Colts just because of, of uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah. I don't think that would happen here I, for, for a player like Dez that played inside the division. Like, he's seen him enough times to know Agreed. that, yeah, yeah th- this dude tends to right. choke. Right. But Alex Smith comes in with a little bit more of a sparkling resume mm-hmm. and doesn't make the same mistakes, mm-hmm. has won games. But just the fact that him and Dak didn't get along because Dak would not force him the ball. And maybe that had to do with him a being a vet and, yeah. and Dak being a rookie. And he said, look, dude, I, and he's saying, know, look, I'm the vet. You yeah. give me the ball. Yeah. Look, young buck. I think you'd, you, have, you'd have you that different. You'd throw me the ball. Yeah, but different. it's different. Yeah. Because Alex is just as much of a vet Correct. as he is. Yeah. So there's that mutual respect, and you understand, okay, he's going to get the ball where it needs to go. Either way, it gives us something to talk about this weekend. Right, Demich? Are Des Bryant's uh, hissy fit days behind him? or uh, I think he's going to be. He threw one last year. I think, I know, but I also think he's motivated now because he wants wants to play. Well, he's got to know that wherever he goes, he's going to be on a short leash. Correct. And I think that's going to be. And if he that's throws why you may get fits. you may get different days. Yeah, that's all. And if he throws his because he knows he's going to get different money. Right. And if he throws his fits on the sideline, wherever you're going to be, you're going to be there real mm-hmm. short, real quick stay. Right. And then you might find yourself bouncing around from team to team, right. having had going towards maybe a Hall of Fame type of career, or at least a superstar career. Right. And you have to be very careful at this point. Because you start to just roll from team to team to team, yeah. like a T.O. Like, uh, and T.O. made it to the Hall of Fame, but he hasn't put up the numbers that T.O. has put up. Right. Or an Ocho Cinco that just slid right out of the league and is not going to the Hall of Fame, even though he was a very good wide receiver. So it's very pivotal for this. So I doubt that he has any hissy fits, because if not, it could change the whole course of his career. Agreed. Des Bryant, welcome to the Washington Redskins. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's been fun for Jamal and George and Big Chi, who stepped away but yeah. took part earlier. I'm Dimitri. The DMV Sports Roundtable can be found on Twitter at DMV Sports Round 1. Listen on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP's mobile app. All you have to do is tap listen. For skins and wizards and Caps fans all around the world, God help us!